Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. We're brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. And also, we you can find us on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. And today, we will discuss our all Barnburner teams, which in light of the All-Star Game is kind of a spinoff of the All-Star Game rosters with our own personal twist. Um, but before we get started... A note from our sponsor, Blue Note Bourbon, which is a small batch bourbon artfully crafted in the Bluff City with the history of the blues in mind. Blue Note Bourbon, as smooth as an Avery Bradley career high in points. Blue Note. Be noteworthy, Memphis. Now let's get it. To episode 28 of the Backdoor Cut Show, our Tony Delk episode, a Mid-South uh, shout-out there to Mr. Delk. Uh, this is your guy, Zach, the Barnburner Bro, with me today. I've got the Barn Chief, Barnburner Slim, and Slick Rich with me. Chief, how are you doing this weekend? What's going down? It's watching the All-Star Game. Uh, it's been decent so far. J. Cole's performance was good. Watched the, the first two Godfathers this weekend. Highly recommend guys check that out they're classics and uh, and really good movies and i'm listening to i decided i'm going to do a movie and listen thing by the way this is my thing right now uh, i'm listening to an album by borns uh it's a, it's a self-titled album it's really good nice chill easy listening for your productivity you know if you're sitting there want to write something listen to this album that's what i got looking forward to talking some uh, some hoops though sweet rich how you doing on this all-star weekend i'm doing good man it's all-star sunday you know shout out j cole and i'm off tomorrow so shit i'm ecstatic nice. <laughs> i see you drinking hey, over there man yo. that's smirnoff bro <laughs> yeah you know something like something like little smirnoff you know. <laughs> fucking a man <laughs> you get iced <laughs> Is <that on> purpose? <laughs> he iced himself man he just like wanted a delicious ice cold smirnoff <laughs> so mason how are you out there on the west coast holding it down Oh, like Rich, I am off tomorrow. Shout out to the presidents for this day. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, working in government, man. It's my first president's day off ever, I believe. So that's pretty sweet. I'm, I'm ready to talk a little Grizz and then get into uh, our all-person teams or our all-individual teams, if you will. So let's get it. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll, uh, like Slim mentioned, go through some questions. And then earlier this week, Chief posed a question to all of us on the backdoor cut crew of who would be our all person teams. So these are going to be like the all chief team, the all bro team. Who would we put on a team of guys like that signifies something? It doesn't have to mean the best players in the league. Like 
the actual all-star game is supposed to be. But if we had to pick five guys, and we've even got three teams that we'll reveal later in the week in an article. But if we had to pick five guys that would represent us on a basketball court, who would that be and why? So uh, we all got some different interesting takes on that. So hopefully you'll enjoy that part later in the show. But first we'll run through some Grizz topics. So first one, uh, first and foremost, Jaron Jackson. Uh, do we think that he is turning a corner with this season? Obviously he's gotten a lot more run with Marcus all ever since he sat um, in that one game. And then obviously we traded him. He's become a much more of a focal point of the offense. Uh, Rich, what do you think about, what are your take on Jaron and like how things are going and progressing since Mark has left? Yeah, uh, I think definitely, you know, you speak to a turning point and I think now um, in a sense, Jaron can kind of play a little more freely. Um, I think he knows that kind of, you know, the offense is going to be ran through him. Um, he knows that, you know, the keys to the franchise have theoretically been turned over to him. And I think that he's up for that challenge. Uh, I think that being able to participate in All-Star Weekend and be around, you know, all of these veterans uh, and all of these, you know, professionals who have been in the NBA for so long. You know, I saw him doing this thing in the Rookie Rising Stars Challenge. Uh, you know, hopefully down the line in the future, Jaron, too, is a perennial All-Star for the Grizz franchise, you know, optimistically thinking. Uh, but I really think that hopefully what we can see with these final 25-ish or so games for the rest of the season is just Jaron balling out, man, you know, um, not getting frustrated with himself, um, having the freedom to play through mistakes, grow, um, and really interested to see his maturation process uh, kind of come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Slim, how do you feel about the Jaron that we've been seeing recently? Uh, I'm hoping we see the, the change and the turn where he just flips that switch. But since Mark's been gone, um, two of the games we've seen Jaron post a minus 25 and a minus 22. Um, and then, of course, we had the Spurs game in which he was just a minus seven, but he, he missed the free throw to potentially tie the game. Um, so we're getting there, but he's still got to get more comfortable on the court in the flow of the offense. And really, that's what I'm hoping to see over these last 23 games is just uh, making it all about Jaron, seeing how the new guys fit with him. I'm really interested to see him alongside Valanciunas. Um, a big, a big body who is going to be down low, bruising, and doesn't necessarily need the ball as much as Mark. So that'll open up things for Jaron. I'm just excited to see him, and then uh, hopefully we get Kyle back, and we can kind, we can see that continued growth from when they had developed that chemistry on the pick and roll earlier in the season before injuries hit, and then Delon Wright as well. I think he's a guard who will play into Jaron's favor, can come off the pick and roll, and is crafty in the lane and. Uh, we'll look for Jaron. So uh, we'll see. He's not there yet. He's not where I want him to be, but that's what these next 23 games are all about for the franchise. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like that. Take the training wheels off and see where he gets. Uh, and, and he's, he's, you, you ran the stats. He's 17 points since Mark left uh, shooting 52% from three on a solid 3.8 attempts per game, uh, 47% from the field. So he's, he's, he's only getting 12, attempts so that's not a significant jump i mean it's a jump but not so significant but as slim mentioned man, he's a you know he's an aggregate minus 10 in a box plus minus so i i don't i know there's a lot of factors that play into that but it's it's certainly not a good sign you'd certainly rather be an aggregate positive so i don't really know what's going on there or what has made that up i mean probably it's to some extent the players that are also with him and sort of the team figuring itself out too but um, but so far he's looked pretty good. He did have that meltdown in the Spurs game, 
but I think he'll, you know, th- those reps in those, in those games like that, when he's going to be given the ball and expected to make things happen in the fourth quarter, I was really happy to see us run plays for him uh, and, and, and let put him in those positions to be the guy for the team. And so just the fact that I didn't have to bitch about JP not running any plays for him after, even though we lost the game was, was good. Uh, what do you think, bro? You think Jaron has turned a corner or what, what are you looking to see from our young fella for the rest of the season? I think one thing that still troubles me that, you know, has kind of hindered him all season is foul trouble out of the five games. He's gotten four fouls in three of them and he only has played over 33 or over 30 minutes in two of the games. So the foul trouble is still like holding him back. I think from uh, maybe being more aggressive, I, maybe some decision-making on his shots, like at the end of the Spurs game, he had a really good look at the topic of the key just to from behind the arc, just to like end the game and win it. But instead he tried to take it to the rim, got fouled and then ended up missing the free throw. I thought he kind of put himself in a tougher situation by trying to do that instead of just hitting the open three or pretty open three to, uh, to close it out and get us a win. But I, that's just something you learn as you go. And I mean, it's easy for me sitting in the stands to say that. But but at the but, same time, I liked how he showed that he could make a move and get get to the rim, you know, and get to the line. Uh, for future reference, uh, just knowing that he can do that when the game is on the line and is not scared to attack. Um, so I I, I agree. I would have shot the three if the ball had been passed to me. <laughs> but the, for him to nah. be able to recover and not force up a bad like step back three or something, and instead attack the rim, uh, that was exciting for me to see and. You know, moving forward, I I keep thinking of the Remember the Titans quote. Uh, Wood Harris, a.k.a. Julius, said attitude reflects leadership to Bertier uh, when they were at their training camp or whatever. So I'm, I'm anxious to see the attitude of this team and franchise moving forward um, without Mark Gasol in, in his displeased state. Um, I'm, I'm thinking this group can rally around Mike Conley and Jaron Jackson, and I think Jaron is going to end up being the leader uh, the rest of the way. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun to see how that all shakes out. And, of course, we've still got new guys uh, fitting into the roster and everything, which leads us to our next topic. Uh, we've ha- only had a few games with the new guys. And what do you all think as far as future plans? What do you want to see from them uh, extending past this year? Like, guys, in a short span, like, do you want Valanchunas? Do you think he's a good fit long-term? Same with DeLon Wright, CJ Miles. Like, what – out of what you've seen and kind of the vibe you're getting, how do you feel that things should progress or you'd like for them to progress this summer if they kind of stay on the right, the trend that they're on at this point? Uh, For me, I mean, so far so good with all the guys. Valanchunas has played two games and he was hooping. DeLon Wright, I would like to see him, you know, knock down some more outside shots. But as far as getting to the rim and just his skill level in general, I'm excited about him. So I would like to see, uh, him involved, it's it's hard to tell what I want to see moving forward. And I keep going back to these last 23 games. So we'll see how they fit. CJ Miles seems like a good veteran presence to have around and a guy who can still play. Avery Bradley, he's a couple years away from being one of the best two-way guards in the league. And a lot of people's eyes are at least one of the most underrated two-way guards in the league. So in theory, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them all back next year and then seeing if we need to trade them or just kind of how the season's going. But um, we're just going to have to see how things play out over these, these next couple of weeks headed into April. And I think as far as Valanchunas, 
he is really he's a guy that Memphis is going to love. I know Raptors fans have freaking loved him. I wrote a whole article about it, and uh, you've got your full on bone with uh, this Raptors Grizz thing. Oh yeah, there's so much love going on, <laughs> except from Grizz Facebook. Grizz Facebook, like, not about it at all, but Grizz Twitter is, and Raptors Twitter. But he, you can just tell, like, he's a vocal leader. He's like, he's already talking to guys. He's helping direct the defense. He's a tough, you know, he plays hard. He plays tough. He was, and he was like banging bodies down there with Lamarcus Aldridge, not backing down even with Aldridge bitch ass, just like doing whatever he wants to do down there. That's, that's a different topic, but I, I really would, I'm hoping that he picks up his option this summer. Cause I think he's like a really good guy to go along with Jaron, more of a traditional center. can play down low, get the rebounds and let Jaron kind of spread the floor a little bit. Cause he's still not rebounding at the level that I would like to see from him. I think it's a win-win too, man. These guys are, most of them are, very tradable. They're expiring to some extent. A lot of them are high player options and are, uh, if they opt in, then are expiring. And then, uh, CJ miles is restricted free agent this summer. CJ miles coming off the screens and shooting shots is really fun to watch because I've never seen anyone do that in a Grizzlies uniform, uh-uh. maybe Courtney Lee a little bit, but, uh, it's, it's a, it's a weird sight to see a guy like, you know, running off a screen, a tight screen at full speed, you know, shooting that shot with no hesitation, not like a four shot clock shot. Like he'll shoot that shit with 10 seconds less. So they're, they're all people that you can you know bring back or trade. And uh, I think it's one of those things that you wonder when you're rebuilding, it's, it is sometimes good to have some veteran guys around to, to sort of mentor the young guys. Cause you know, you, then you look at teams like the Suns, which are kind of the, the bad example of what a rebuild can look like where everyone's looking at each other and doesn't know what the hell to do. And there's no real leadership in that locker room, which is why they end up going and getting, you know, a Tyson Chandler or Trevor Ariza and overpaying their asses. So that's what we don't want to do, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having a, you know, a 31 year old CJ miles and a 20, I mean, 28 year old Avery Bradley. He's Avery Bradley's not even, he's only 28. So he's not even like done with his prime yet. He's still got two more years of his prime left. So I don't think he's an unreasonable signing either. He's he should have been a Grizz a, a while ago, but it's good, man. The new faces are good, and we can do a lot with them. I think the more we think about this, this, this ended up being a good sort of deal for us. Yeah, time will tell exactly like where we can grade out on the trade, but it's definitely not as as bad as I think the the gut reaction, at least that I had. You know, I was kind of taken aback at first, but the more that the dust has settled, it makes a little bit more sense. Shit, but we still ain't won any games really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they, we, I mean, we, yeah, losing to the Bulls that was a that was tough. Yeah, that, yeah. Let's not forget the goal. The goal here is to get to the ninth worst record in the league, and we we got a ways to go. So moving yeah. to the Tankathon standings, good segue. Yeah, so currently Tankathon uh, Grizzlies are sixth from the bottom at twenty three and thirty six. They're still four games back of the Mavericks at this point. They'd have to hurdle the uh, Washington wizards and the new Orleans Pelicans to move up to that ninth slot to help give them, you know, the best odds to, to convey the pick or get, uh, well, yeah, they'd either convey the pick or get a top four pick at that point. Losing to Chicago was a pretty, that was not helpful. Uh, the way I've looked at it, five thirty-eight has us getting up to 33 wins. I think it was like 35 a few days ago. But I think that's pretty optimistic, honestly. And that has us at one, two, three, four, five at sixth. So that has us staying put exactly where we are 
Uh, I honestly think it's going to be pretty tough to get out to get, to get to that ninth unless Washington and new Orleans just really start to implode, which could very well happen depending on like what the Pelicans do with Anthony Davis. And if Washington continues to be a shit show, but that's kind of the situation that Memphis is in there. It's going to require some luck. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like we're going to get like seventh or eighth and need lady luck to push us out of that bottom eight to convey this pick, but we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, Another topic that's near and dear to my heart is Mr. Ivan Rab. So Rich, what do you think about Rab so far? uh, Kind of the splash that he's made recently. And do you think that he's making a really good case for himself to solidify a role next year or, he's going to get pushed out by whoever we end up signing this summer or what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Ivan has really shown me something, um, you know, as of late uh, with the time that he's been given. And I think all you can really ask of, you know, a player is to, you know, when given the opportunity to step up, you know, they either sink or they swim. Um, And I think Ivan's really stepped into, you know, this, this larger role and we're able to see, um, you know, just kind of some of what he can do. Um, you know, granted, you know, he's got to hit the weight room a little bit, get stronger, um, figure out, you know, his place. But I think Ivan's too damn talented to be, you know, relegated to Lander Center, to be relegated to South Haven uh, consistently. So I don't know what happened this summer. Um, I don't know how, you know, the front office feels about him, you know, in the long term. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at him and Jaron, you know, I think as they like could grow together, um, you know, they're in a similar age range. Um whether he's backing up Jaron or playing alongside Jaron. Uh, I think Ivan has shown us something, um, definitely offensively. Um, he has a skill set uh, that's, you know, kind of well-versed. Uh, he can do a lot on the court. Uh, he plays hard. He hustles. Uh, he brings some energy. So I'm definitely interested to see, you know, how he continually steps up towards, you know, the tail end of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think right now I would be comfortable at, with Rab as our third or fourth big um, one of the first ones off the bench right now he, he he's earned that but again he's gonna have to prove that he can do it consistently over this last stretch here of the season but as of right now I'd be completely fine with uh, him having a major role on the team next year and moving forward yeah chief do you have any conflicting opinions on that yeah he can't yeah, no I mean he can't he just really can't he can't guard anyone you know like he can't guard his position like at all so he can't guard centers, that's for sure. He de- he's going to, like, depending on the power forward matchup. Yeah. I don't know what power forwards he's necessarily guarding well. I mean, I know a lot of teams play small, so maybe you can throw him out there in those sort of matchups when it's like Kevin Durant at power forward, but then he's guarding Kevin Durant. So that's a whole different thing. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I worry about that. And I don't know if he's enough of a positive on offense to, but he's great. I mean, off the bench, playing second unit, sure. All right. So uh, an interesting one next. Chandler Parsons, so he's going to be playing. He's going to like be suited up uh, later this week for the Grizzlies. Kind of going to be a weird thing because I'd like pushed him out of my mind about what is it two months ago, six weeks, something like that. Um, overall thoughts on that? Who's he going to? Who's he going to like take playing time over? Because there's multi, there's conflicting reports. Someone national he said that he was going to have minutes in the rotation, and then Chris Harrington, Daily Memphian says that that's not confirmed that he's going to he'll be there on the active roster but there's definitely no guarantee of any of said rotation minutes. So I'm 
Grizzlies just signed Caboclo, you know, through next year. They've got Rab, who's been playing pretty consistent. They've, you know, just brought in several new guys. Where exactly is Chandler? Does he fit into this? <clears throat> Excuse me. Hopefully at the end of the bench. <laughs> yeah. As LeBron would say, he fits out, bro. Yeah. I, he, he, get, get him out of here, man. His biggest mistake was not putting me in his, on his entourage when he first moved to town. None of this would have happened. Salty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Had I been there, he'd have been starring in movies and healthy. And that's a whole different thing. He'd have been he, healthy. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. You got the I'm, magic knees. And I don't worry about what I got. You know? Okay. Yeah. You, you hooking up D Rose? Is that what you're doing? No, he, I didn't. I, he didn't ask me to be on his entourage either. Dang. Uh, but you know, <laughs> that's I almost made a really dark joke about D Rose, but not going to. All right. So I mean, but what, what a microcosm of the Grizzlies like last three or four years, right? <laughs> like where all the fan base is finally getting happy about something, and then here comes Chandler back in to like rain on the fucking parade. And we're like, oh <laughs> god damn it! Well, <laughs> like, he's like, back. We're getting excited about the young Grizzlies, like the future, and here comes Chandler to fucking let. Bogdanovich drive by him for 17 straight. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Yeah, it's true. Give us six points, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Sweet. Man, I think. Can't, can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> well, we need to play him so that way he can get hurt again. I know that sounds that's awful. But, to do. Yeah, like, yeah. Three games. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know. I know. I know. I never wish an injury on anybody, but like <laughs> it's going to happen is what I'm saying. Like, So yeah. if your goal is to like. I think the best case scenario is you immediately play him and he, he proves to everyone that he couldn't actually play and we're right. And then we don't have to worry about him in the rotation. I mean, or well, he plays going directly against yeah. your goal to get to the, get to the ninth worst, worst spot and uh, convey the pick. <laughs> like, so so where are our goals? I don't, want him, I don't want him to take minutes away from my uncle Joe, man. I just, not <laughs> uncle Joe, man. That's, that's my guy, man. And we definitely don't want him to take Bruno's minutes. Uh, no, no. Bruno, Bruno. He's already struggling to get minutes in the second half. Like when, when he goes in and plays good in the first half. So we give JB his little toy of Chandler back. <laughs> it might be good night for Bruno. Yeah, that that would be the one of the bigger travesties. I think. Br- I just want to know what Bruno is. He's a fascinating player, and like I get really excited when he comes in. He's just fun to watch. You know, on defense, he's like. He seems like he's eight feet tall with those. I mean, okay. His arms are pretty close to eight feet actually, but like it shows like he looks like he's as big as Aldridge when he's out there and like just shooting up, can, can, like defending the rim really well. Like a, almost one, probably one of our better rim defenders, honestly. What's best case scenario for him? Like what Trevor Reza, like super long athletic Trevor Reza, three and D guy. Or could he be like Pascal Siakam, like borderline all-star? I know I'm speaking hyperbole right now, but what's best case scenario? Uh, I think just a spot minutes guy who come, like maybe Robert Horry type who comes in and can hit shots when he's open. But other than that, he plays defense. He's rebounding um, and helping your team in that way. I, I don't expect him to be a star, but I think a solid rotation player is within the realm of possibilities. Yeah, really, I like on defense, he, he can – guard guys much bigger than him and then on offense he can stretch the floor pretty good so that's that's something that like memphis hasn't really had so that's fun to watch i mean you get delon kyle bruno ivan and jaron out there that's a long team <laughs> there was, that lineup played minutes in the spurs game and i noticed they couldn't do shit i think noah might have been in there instead of uh 
Kyle wasn't there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Jaron at the four and then and Noah at the five, but it was it was swarming, man. Like they couldn't do anything. No shot was comfortable, and so I did notice that. And yeah, it's a it's a very long lineup, and it's something that a lot of teams don't have the luxury of throwing out there. So, and he's one of those guys who can also play the backup four. Um, we got Rab, who we all agree needs to get those minutes there, and that's where Parsons is going to need to play. Like he proved that he can't play the three. Uh, over the past two years or three years, whatever it is, he can't guard three men, uh, anybody on the wing, really. So it's just going to be interesting to see how they fit him back in or, or if they just kind of stick him on the end of the bench. But then you have to worry about, you know, his camp <laughs> leaking reports of, you know, unhappiness and his mood affecting the rest of the team because he is one of the older guys. And you would think he probably has a, a good voice in that locker room. Yeah, we, we, uh, we, you know, we haven't seen a Shams tweet about any of this, but we look for Shams, a.k.a. Chandler, to tweet something out. I, I like to think that uh, Chris Wallace is actually uh, archi- the architect of all this and that he, in fact, will not play, but he's calling it back under the pretense that he'll play just so Chris Wallace can stand ominously next to him as he's on the end of the bench uh, as payback for those fuck yous. During the, <laughs> he's Lord Ferris, well, man. That's what well, he is. <laughs> uh, during what we know to be the, the great, three-point shootout of 2019. <laughs> All right, Chief, would you like to intro this next segment as we go into the first annual All-Barnburner teams? Yeah, man. I mean, it's, a, this is a, it's All-Star weekend. You know, games aren't happening uh, until the end of this week. Guys get some time off, spend some time at the beach or wherever their destination spot is. And so we don't really have much to talk about in the way of games. Uh, college basketball is still going on, of course. So we thought it'd be cool to discuss players that always have intrigued us uh, and put them on three teams like the all NBA teams and just sort of give shout outs to guys that may not, that may get shout outs a lot that may not get shout outs a lot. But for some reason, just how when you're watching a basketball game of two teams, you don't care about, you start rooting for guys and teams just for whatever reason, they just, they intrigue you for whatever reason. It's unexplainable. Um, it's not tangible. And, and it's just one of those things that's great about sports. So we kind of put together our teams uh, are all each of our name teams. And we're, I think we're today we're going to discuss our first team. And then the second two teams will be released in an article, I believe. So, uh, you know, I, I want to hear, I want to hear bros first. I feel like he put a lot of thought into this. It's really just Ivan Rab five times, right? Yeah. I really think that, you know, he's a transcendent player. He can play all five positions, guard all five positions and coach at the same time. So okay. uh, I think we're done here. Right. Wrap it up. Right. All right. So, we, you want to go, you want me to give the whole team or you want me to go position by position? We go around. What are you thinking? Uh, I want you to do whatever your heart tells you, oh, like gosh. Pocahontas. <laughs> do I, your guards. How about that? Your, your right. three guards. Okay. So first guy out of the University so- of Kentucky. Oh, let's go. Showmanship. Bromanship. Mr. Devin Booker. Oh, hell. Fourth year in the league, almost averaging 25 points, almost seven assists. This guy can, he can score. He gets buckets. Uh, He's always fun to watch. Suns suck, but he's always someone that if you're watching the game, like you have something to look forward to. Um, He's just a really exciting player about to start his max contract. So he makes the all Zach team this year. Uh, and the, for the reasons aforementioned and to compliment him, I got Marcus smart 
also in the backcourt with him. Reasons for Marcus, um, you know, back when Memphis was playing him in college, he destroyed the Tigers. So I've always had an eye, kind of been looking out for him. He's a really defensive hoss. He's recently decided that he can shoot three-pointers, so he's adding that to his game. Uh, he's a tough guy. One of those guys that like I wish was a Grizz because he would be like a great addition to the team. The city would love him. Um, that type of player. So that's why I got uh, for my two guards. So I'm not even going to ask for feedback because I don't want to get <laughs> crashed yet. You know, when I'm putting together my team, I, I, I really think like, man, who's a good player whose team gets crushed on a fucking nightly basis? Let me go with Devin Booker. Devin Booker. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't mean it can't be on my all Zach team. I, that's just not what I tune in on league pass to see is a, a guy getting beat by 20. All right. So who you got then for who's your guards? Russell Westbrook, Mr. I only have one friend when I step on the court and his name is Spalding. Uh, a guy who's going to go out and get 50 facing an elimination. Uh, Russell Westbrook, man, just third year in a row, averaging a triple double. Uh, you can say what you want about him, but he leads the league in assists, and he just plays hard every night. He brings it every night. He will dominate your favorite point guard, um, and he's played with Paul George, who could be an MVP this year. Kevin Durant won an MVP with him. I think Russell Westbrook is just not appreciated enough. Um, then I have him complimented with uh, Mr. Let Me Drink a Coors Light after the game, Clay Thompson, who doesn't give a fuck about anything except – shooting that bitch <laughs> mm-hmm. uh clay he's just fun to watch man nobody can get hotter than clay he gets hot quicker than the strike of a match and he can score 40 in a quarter so uh that's my backcourt russ and clay didn't he have like what did he have like 40 with 11 dribbles or something like it was some <laughs> preposterous fucking thing he's always yeah. doing something ridiculous yeah. like that and like he's just like the other guy on the warriors who is really fucking good mm-hmm. rich who you got who are your guards all right, so uh, starting at my one, uh, we got coming out of Duke University, um, Boston Celtics point guard, none other than Mr. Kyrie Irving. Um, Kyrie Irving, just the ball on the string, man. I think anytime I see Kyrie's playing, I just want to watch. Um, I think just his finishing package is just unparalleled. Um, you know, tedious like injury prone ish a little bit um so that that kind of is a concern uh but Kyrie man when he's just in his zone like there's nothing else I'd rather watch man when you see him just you know pulling up from three finishing over seven footers in the lane whether that be a floater whether that be going straight to the cup man Kyrie's just he's just nasty man he's a dog uh and I think when it really hit me was that 2016 finals, man, you know, of course that was LeBron's kind of takeover, man, but really Kyrie, Kyrie, you know, just, he, I think, I feel like he just grew up in that series against the Warriors and he was just hitting shot after shot after shot. And like, he knew he had arrived. Um, you know, of course that led to him wanting to go, you know, kind of do his own thing with the Celtics, man. But Kyrie is just, just nasty, man. Just, I followed him back when he was at, I think, St. Patrick's High School in New Jersey, all the way at Duke. You know, he, he only played a handful of games and was still able to be the number one pick, which is like crazy. That just speaks to his talent. Um, so shout out Kyrie, man. And so at my two guard, we have a former Memphis Grizzly. Uh, not sure how long he was in town for us, but man, uh, Slim mentioned earlier about Clay shooting that hoe. 
This man, this man that I'm about to say shoots that bitch. And that's none other than Mr. Troy Daniels. Troy Daniels, uh. my man, Mr. Troy Daniels is my two guard. When you talk about, you know, just, just, just getting hot. We talk about like NBA jamish, getting hot, man. Troy Daniels just gets in the zone, man. Not too sure what he's up to. I think he's in Phoenix kind of riding the pine a little bit, man. But uh, I remember one time a few years ago, I was in the forum, man, and Troy was just pulling that hoe. He was just pulling up, just forum was going crazy. He, he was just unconscious. Um, so I think, you know, hands down, probably, you know, shout out Mike Miller, but one of the greatest shooters we've had in franchise history. Um, I think Troy's downfall is he doesn't really contribute much else on the basketball court. But as for my shooting guard, I'm looking for shooting, and Troy Daniels is going to shoot that hell. So Troy Daniels is my two guard. Yeah, love Troy Daniels. Yeah, yeah he, he, he really could shoot it, man. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. We haven't seen a lot of that in the forum in, in our years of shooting woes. Uh, all right, <laughs> so got, coming at point guard from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Davidson Academy, none other than Steph Curry himself. Uh, the other guy with the ball on the string often compared maybe as the first or second best ball handler in the league. I, these guys, like guys that I really like are often guys that I saw destroy my team uh, in, you know, in the forum and guys that have changed the league. Like Steph Curry did it with his shooting and ball handling and not necessarily the, the most shining example of athleticism. In fact, if he has a breakaway dunk, we've seen him slip uh, when he was thinking he's going to do something cool on live television. So He's a lot of fun to watch. He can pull up from anywhere and you literally don't know what he's going to do. But as we like to call him, the man that hit the shot that killed grit and grind in the 2015 NBA playoff second round, he hit a half court shot before the, the fourth quarter uh, in a game four. that was the turning point of the series. And that was fucking ice cold dude. And like, I, I, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget seeing that shot. And like, that was like a, de- a small microcosm of the greatness that is Steph Curry. Like before that, after we went up 2-1 in that series, he was sitting in Blue City Cafe at the corner of uh, Beale and, what is that, B.B. King, and just having a nice casual dinner down 2-1 on a, in a tough road environment in Memphis at that point. Just like, I don't think they asked him, like, what were you thinking about? He's like, dude, I'm just having a meal and thinking about how we're going to win. Like he had no, his confidence was not shaken. Uh, he's the definition of shooter shoot. So I, I like watching Steph Curry play basketball. At the two guard is a guy kind of a cheap answer, I guess, man. You know, my guy from Arizona state, James Harden, the beard, uh, the guy that, uh, I, I felt like I was the most right about in terms of my basketball scouting. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll never, never, ever, ever forget how I thought he was going to be really good even before he became really good. And I don't know why I just had like a weird, I liked his game, even though everyone hates his game. I just liked his beard, I think. And I, I just like how he was so unsung on that Oklahoma city um, on the Oklahoma city team. And he always came in, he killed us in the playoffs too. Like a lot of those o- early OKC series, he came in and um, changed the face of those games. And we just could do whatever. And I just knew that if he was given the chance, the keys to a team that he would end up becoming what he's become, which is, you know, potentially two time MVP, but two very different players, but players that can get buckets and a lot of fun to watch. For sure. For sure. A lot of solid guys um, in the backcourt, holding it down for everyone. All right. So, Moving on to the front court on the wing, I've got from Hales from Tennessee State University from Bellwood, Illinois. If anyone knows this one, I, Robert yes. Covington. Robert Covington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. Ooh, they don't let them get them. Like this. <laughs> so he, Roko, the former 76er. Uh, one reason I like him, Jack, kind of a jack of all trades. 
he gets it on both ends of the floor. He's got a career 105 defensive rating. Uh, it's 6'9", you know, pretty good size. He's able to disrupt opponents on all levels of the floor. Uh, he can he's can put in a lot of minutes. Um, starting to you know he shoots a three pretty good. Just kind of kind of gets it. He averages in double figure points, over five rebounds a game. You know, it reminds me of myself if I was like twenty times better, <laughs> what I would like to be. But uh, look look up to that guy. Gets you a ton of fantasy points in a lot of different categories. So uh, pick him up if you can. The next guy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, reminds me, I kind of have a thing for left-handed undersized big men. So next guy is Julius Randall down in new Orleans. Now Hmm. Um, he's having a really good season down there, averaging 20 points over nine rebounds a game. Uh, he's shooting, stretching the floor a little bit. He's shooting almost, or he's shooting over two three point attempts per game at a 34% clip, which is well above his career average. So even with all the Anthony Davis drama going on down there, playing aside him or playing beside him or without him, Julius Randle's really developing his game and will be a really big trade chip for the Pelicans if and when they decide to finally just implode everything. Um, but he's, he's someone who's definitely grown every single year he's been in the league. Uh, his, his second year, 11 points, 13 points, 16, 20. He's just growing as a player, and he's 24 years old now. Definitely a guy that most people would like to see on their roster. Uh, Now, it wouldn't be an all-Zach team without a defensive anchor holding down the five slot. So I've got the New Zealander, Steven Adams, holding it down for me, the big guy, seven-footer, who can basically lock down pretty much anyone on defense. And he also contributes on the offensive end. He's almost averaging double, double two, 14.7 points, 9.5 rebounds, just a monster down there. We saw what he did to Jaron Jackson a few weeks ago when the Grizzlies were playing the thunder. Jaron was playing well. They put Adams on him lights out game over. Um, that, I think that's just a really, he's a very important key to that piece. Thunder have an incredible defensive team. You know, Paul George gets a lot of accolades and Steven Adams, the guy right there with him who deserves just as many. Uh, he's a, he's a guy that he's just a pest. If you're playing against him, which like you kind of alluded to Sam, that's kind of the guys that you're like, dang, this guy's coming into town, but you know, he's going to be fun to watch, even though he's going to be super frustrating for you. So that rounds out my uh, first team, all Zach, Dem Booker, Marcus Smart, Robert Covington, Julius Randall, Steven Adams. Man, find you someone that talks about you like Zach does Steven Adams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, was a, that, that was a beloved opus uh, to, to a, a New Zealand guy who, uh, who actually, have y'all ever seen, he does like a hilarious American accent. Like he'll do like this really nerdy American guy. And then you get him on SNL to do that. He's really fucking funny. He's like, oh, I'm going to come down to the game and get a Coke and enjoy watching some basketball. (laughs) Really funny. Him and Cantor Uh, are hilarious together when they've been interviewed. They're like buds when they had the mustaches and everything. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, I wish the listeners could have seen Zach and his pointing and his emphasis. (laughs) Like he he never liked that. And that that was impressive. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead, Chief. Let's hear the rest of your your squad. All right. So at, at the wing, I've got one of the king daddies of the mid-range, a dying art, Mr. C.J. McCollum from Lehigh University. Ooh. 
Love CJ. He just gets buckets. He does it in ways that people don't have to do. He takes the 17 footer over the three or the drive to the rim, but he's crafty getting the basket as well. I love mid major guys, guys that come from smaller colleges. He was a four year college player, uh, wasn't drafted high and, and is one of the premier scorers in the league. Uh, has a great podcast and, and is going to be a lot for a, for a TNT when he retires and, and just seems like a really good guy. He's also responsible for one of my favorite NBA memes, which is uh, at some point someone named Jennifer Williams tweeted him with her handle chocolate delight, 1980 uh, and huh. said, said win a playoff game, then talk to CJ McCollum. And he just tweeted her back. I'm trying Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, you know, it, it's down to happen, <laughs> which is, you know, it's funny. And like, also like, uh, you know, sad. He, yeah, it is, you know, and, and I, I, there was like, he knew that would be funny, but also it was like, probably being real. And that, that's what made it very memeable. So all over t-shirts and, and was great for NBA Twitter to latch on. So love watching CJ McCollum and the backcourt there in Portland. He's just, he's fun to watch. And honestly, is he's high on the Grizz killer list, man. If he's coming to the forum, you know, he's getting 30 and it doesn't matter what the hell we do. It's one of those things. Um, <laughs> so my, I got to go. My last front court guys kind of, you know, in, in, in tandem, they're not at all like each other, but uh, I've got a, a front court hailing directly from, Cameroon, man. I've got Pascal Siakam and then Joel Embiid holding it down there in the paint. Uh, they they are both, again, from Cameroon, and they are both players that play with a lot of passion. In, in, they're entirely different players, too. Pascal Siakam, craftier, certainly thinner, is not going to uh, bang in the post as much as Embiid and just dominate you. But they're guys that uh, you know probably wouldn't be in the league, but for some of the the development and, and scouting going on now with the basketball without borders. I know that Pascal Siakam was discovered by Luke uh, Bob Mute apparently. And like just uh, saw him at some point over there and got him to come down here and play New Mexico state, which is uh, which is another small university. And, you know, we've seen what MB can do love MB because he was hurt for a while and is now becoming the dominant center that we knew he would be. And just, I mean, he's like doing Shaq type shit in a league where that doesn't really happen as much anymore. He's a player that plays a lot of passion and looks to kill you. Anytime he's on the court, he doesn't want to just beat you. He wants to embarrass you. He wants to get in your head and he wants to then make a meme uh, and get a million Instagram likes after he dunks on you. So I just love guys like that. And uh, both these guys play with a lot of passion and are, and are personalities in their own right. So shout out to Cameroon, man. All right. So I'm going to hit it. Sorry. I was distracted by the all-star game. So <laughs> small forward, man. Okay. So we heard Zach's opus to <laughs> Stephen Adams. So I'm going to take you back to 2009, man. You know, a young Slick Rich, um, fresh sophomore in high school. Shout out Whitehaven. Uh, you know, just just chilling, doing my thing, man. I was posted, uh, you know, just living life. You know, the Lakers were in the midst of, you know, going into like their final back to back with Kobe. Um, and, you know, I was watching, you know, shout out Pal Gasol, shout out Kobe. But there was a young a young gun on the wing. Uh, he was name dropped early in this episode, started at the three for them. And his name was Trevor Ariza. And at that point in time, a young slick rich just was enthralled. I was enamored, if you will. Trevor Ariza was just hitting threes, playing lockdown defense, was able to switch one through four. Uh, and I was just like, who is this dude? Like, who is this guy? You know, sadly, um, he was traded that next year for Meta World Peace. Um, I guess it still worked out for the Lakers because they won back-to-back titles. But Trevor Reza is just somebody that I kind of followed throughout his career. Um, I've always been a fan of wings in general. 
always been a fan of staunch defenders. Uh, people take pride in their defense. Um, and Trevor, at his peak, I think, was one of the like top original 3 and D guys. Um, Trevor's somebody who uh, I think he's in Phoenix now. Uh, no, he's in Washington. Excuse me. He was traded. He's in Washington with Brad Bill, um, kind of doing his thing. Uh, and I just, I don't know, man. I fucking, I fucking love Trevor Ariza. Like, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Uh, he's just a great guy. Uh, shout out to all the people watching the All-Star Game Team. LeBron just took the dub. Um, and so when we're talking about the four, uh, I've got my man Kyle Kuzma, man. Um, kind of, kind of cheated a little bit. He's more of a three, um, but they play him at the four a little bit. Um, Kyle Kuzma is just a natural scorer, man. Somebody who I wasn't familiar with at all in college. Um, you know, Lakers definitely got a late round steal with him. Uh, 27th overall, I think in the first round. Um, and I think Kyle, he just has this unabashed confidence that, you know, he's never seen a shot. He doesn't like, he's never seen a shot that he doesn't feel he can take. Um, and he's just, you know, really a killer. Um, I look forward to seeing him grow as a player and contribute more ways on the court than just scoring. Uh, I would love to see him become more of a facilitator, um, take a little more, you know, effort on defense. But, uh, man, he's just so smooth. Um, he dropped, he just dropped 35, I believe, in the Rising Stars Challenge this past Friday. Um, and you look and it's just like, you know, just silky smooth on the court, just never too high, never too low. Um, and, yeah, I'm just really a big fan of Kyle Kuzma's game. And so finally rounding out my five in the middle um, at my center spot, I've got Bam Adebayo um, currently with the Miami Heat. Yeah, man, Bam Adebayo, don't sleep. Um, just just athletic and agile are the first things that come to mind when I think of Bam. Uh, he just plays with, like, relentless energy down there in Miami. Um, he's, you know, rim running. Uh, he's able to, you know, put back dunks, play defense, block shots. Uh, and I remember following him at Kentucky, um, and I've just seen him kind of now blend in with the heat and kind of really find his niche. Um, and I really just enjoy watching him play basketball. Um, I think he's able, somebody that's able to kind of seek out his own shot. No, a play is never going to be called for him, um, but he's just able to really, you know, seek out the ball, find opportunities to really contribute to his team positively. Um, and you know, sometimes, you know, at least once a game, Bam's going to have a play where you're like, wow, like your, your athleticism is off the charts. Uh, so big Bam out of Bayou fan, uh, and he'll round out my five. So what you got, Slim? Um, at the, at the five spot, like chief, I got Joel Embiid, uh, love me a good internet troll, somebody who just doesn't give a damn what other people think. And he's just going to do him. Um, on the wing, of course, I have LeBron James, my favorite player in the league right now, um, probably my favorite player ever, uh, right behind Zach Randolph and Mike Conley. Um, but, you know, LeBron, a guy I don't have to talk about. And then rounding out my lineup, I have the best two-way player in the league right now, uh, Paul George, who hails from Palmdale, Palmdale, California, which is also my favorite Afro man song. Um, so, so that's my squad. I'm going Russ, Clay, PG-13, LeBron, and uh, Embiid. I, I'm calling this the all-don't-give-a-fuck team. Uh, just a bunch of guys who go out there and want to take your soul when they play you on the court, and then they're going to do some nice charity work and have fun afterwards. Drink some, some nice wine. charity work. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they do that. Have a Bud Light, too. Maybe Bud Heavy. Cool. So that, yeah, I hope you guys hope everyone enjoyed 
are all barn burner teams. Uh, the All Star Game just wrapped up, and we got a few day, few more days off before basketball gets back in gear. Hopefully, everyone comes back refreshed and renewed. All the tanking teams can continue losing, and hopefully, the Grizzlies can make a push, get to that nine slot, nine from the bottom. That is. Uh, like I don't we, think that's happening. By the way, uh, y'all think that's happening? I would say no. I, I don't think the odds are in our favor at this point. I don't think we get to thirty wins, honestly. You don't think we win seven more games out of the next 23? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, wow. Based on based on who we're playing. and Because I, I thought the Bulls, I, was, I had calculated, I thought we'd get to like 28, but that was including if we were to beat the Bulls the other day, which we didn't. So I don't, I don't think we'll get there. I hope I'm 12, wrong, obviously. 12 home games left, five back-to-backs. So, uh, we play the Thunder and the Warriors a lot in this backstretch. Well, we got the Mavs three times, so those will be crucial. Yeah. Uh, Rich, what do you think? We're going to make it happen? Uh, man, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'm doubtful too. Um, I think we have the Clippers at home on Friday. I think that's one yeah. you've got to take. You've got to get that. Um, but I'm still really stuck on that Chicago loss. Uh, I think that one was just kind of gut-wrenching. Uh, but, yeah, man, we're going to see. I really don't know. I really don't know. So those back-to-backs are going to be killers. Warriors, Thunder, that's a lot, but – We'll see what the boys got. I think Chief. that like the the Pellies too, and then the um, who else is ahead of us, uh, and, or at least has more wins than us right now. I think the Pellies are going to fall pretty hard because like they're just not playing well. They've got no chemistry with all that, obviously all the the Anthony Davis trade drama and all that. So they, I, I don't expect them to to win a lot of games for the rest of the season. I don't think they want to. Either. I don't really know what what they want to do. And then Dallas wants to win. They don't even have their pick, so th- those games will be crucial for sure. Uh, who else is uh, who else is ahead of us? I know we mentioned another team. Wizard, that, like, Wizards, yeah, Wizards, are, Wizards are terrible, man. Like, yeah, but they're in the East. I mean, they could they could end up in the playoffs. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. They're, they're just not good. And also, another team that kind of like has the same blah, no goal. Like you know, they got so much money tied up in John Wall, who had just had an Achilles uh, injury, which is terrible. But so hopefully, uh, hopefully. John Wall can come back and be the player he was. He was definitely exciting in the league, but it's just a tough situation there. So I just don't see those teams winning really. So I could see them losing enough to make us jump to where we want to be. Not necessarily us winning enough. That makes sense. Cause the night spot's not like a guaranteed amount of wins. Obviously it's like a, a moving target, so to speak. So yeah. the, the, there's a lot of weird teams stuck in that mix now that we're not sure what they're going to do. So too many factors to say smart money says we won't, but also, the Wizards and and, uh, and Pellies are not good, so we'll see. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, we we control our own destiny for sure. We got twenty three games left. We should be able to win, you know, twelve of those and go five hundred with the roster we have now. Depending on if they're able to get some practice time in over the break and if they're able to develop some cohesion, and Jaron Jackson can lead us down the stretch run. You know, that would be dope. That would be really cool kind of the first notch in his belt of, uh, you know, accomplishments for the Grizzlies is get rid of that fucking pick. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's, that's the saddest of Grizzlies realities there, right? Like that, hey, that our, the star, our star players first accomplishment would be to get rid of our pick. <laughs> so he didn't have another young guy to play with, but damn man. Yeah. I will never forgive Danny Ainge and the Celtics for that. And, uh, Oh, well, we got team. We got right moves for youth receiving $350,000 team LeBron for team LeBron having won that competition. 
I mean, LeBron's team was so much better, like <laughs> just from the draft. <laughs> yeah, Giannis, Giannis picked like three centers. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one explained it, how the rules work. I guess you can't really do that, but uh, but I, you know, I it's it's good stuff, man. I like All Star Weekend. I know it's all hokey or whatever, but I enjoy it. I'll I have it on the whole weekend, and, and if I'm not right. doing something, so I just like the pomp and circumstance of it, and how all the guys hang out, and it's just kind of a cool like. This is why it's the best league. Like you can just tell. Yeah, the the actual events are the like most boring part of All Star Weekend. There's so much going on just in every hotel. Like there's these suites with you know big sponsors doing gifts. Uh, there's so many parties and activations, and like uh, you can go to a Jordan thing and take Michael Jordan's final shot. Like you can do so much crazy shit. Uh, if you ever get the chance to go, it's definitely worth it. I see a future Memphis Tigers, Zaire Wade, on the screen right now, <laughs> uh, who will be suiting up for Penny Hardaway in however many years he graduates in. Ooh, him, we'll get him, then we get Bronny. Bronny? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, man. Yeah, that'd be some fucking awesome shit, bro. Let's go. <laughs> hey, man, shout, out, shout out to D-Wade for that retirement merch, man. That shit's hard as fuck, that world tour. They've got this yeah. shirt like with the fucking like tour with like all his career accomplishments. Shit's dope as fuck. Uh, y'all seen that hat that uh, I know we're just chopping wood right now. Y'all seen that hat that has all the teams on it? Like, it's like a black hat. Russ was wearing oh, it. Oh, Russ wearing the... that last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw that hat shit. was fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm going to order one. Russ yeah. was fly as hell. I like the little, like, chest out look. I'm, he always I'm is, man. That's I'm his, with it. I'm yeah. with it. Same. Always is, man. Always is. Uh, speaking of fly, the Memphis Express has some starter jackets that are super fresh, but you got to pay like 154 starter jacket. These starter days. jacket, like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Now that's Yeah, we just saw J Cole wearing a, a Hornets starter jacket. Yeah, that's what made me think of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, well, they got to win a game before I buy. <laughs> bro, they're bad. Yeah. How, they, did they lose last night? Yeah, yeah, they, they blew an 18 point lead. Oh, damn. <laughs> Fucking Mike Singletary. Shit. It's like we, we can't even like put together a team in year one that wins. Like when 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 all the parody is stacked up for everyone. Like, you know, it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and we got like the best region. We got the southern region with like all these SEC schools. And all stuff. the talent. Yeah, we play <laughs> Crash as hell. We got Christian Hackenberg somehow. Fucking garbage. <sighs> well. Oh, man. But go express, man. We're all aboard. <laughs> oh man. I need I need a Tom Hanks commercial, like his character from Castaway, and then I'm in. And then I need Kevin Garnett calling all the games, and then I'd be especially in. <laughs> I could listen to Kevin Garnett for like forever. Fucking love so this all, guy. Were y'all on TBS or TNT tonight? I was on TBS for sure, listening to KG and Chuck. Yeah. TBS for sure. I love the players only. Yeah. Except hate Isaiah Thomas. I hate, I hate hearing Isaiah Thomas call games. Like it's just, it's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Like just people, stop. But people uh, hate the players only so much. Like why? Twitter, the Twitter feedback is. I don't know. Yeah, like there's like slander. Like when it's on on, I think was that Tuesday nights. Yeah, like it's just there's no love. Like there's no love at all. Yeah, it's crazy. Know. That's dumb. I enjoy listening to tell war stories the whole time. <laughs> Really, really, really tough take from Chuck talking about how Kimba wasn't good while Kimba was on the all-star floor yeah. in his hometown yeah. playing for like, you know, it's like, come on, yeah. man, like save this take for like a week later. 
Right? He was like, yeah, he didn't deserve the max contract. Like, he was like, yeah. the Hornets are going to ruin their franchise if they give that to him. It's like, damn, bro, Kevin's going to hear this. Fuck, like, oh, Yeah. I mean, I know that you're like the king of like tough takes like that, but man. It's a pretty savage move. Yeah. Un- unnecessarily savage. Yeah, I don't really know where that was coming from, but, you know, okay. Hey, he did. I do think he's going to be right. He predicted the Clippers wouldn't make the playoffs when they were like the number one seed, and he looks like he's going to be right on that one. So, uh, blind squirrel finds a nut every every once in a while. Mm-hmm. As the as the old adage goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chuck, man! The Thursday night TV uh, inside the NBA is like can't miss TV. Must in, in see. Household. Must see. Yeah. This is hilarious. All right, man. We appreciate y'all listening. <laughs> yeah, if you like what you hear, subscribe to the Barnburner <laughs> Podcast Network, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. Also, check on the website on the-barnburner.com for uh, more Grizzlies coverage and the second and third teams from our list. Until next week, see you later. Peace. Those, those teams are the best teams, too.